Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Flow Line. I'm here in Zoom Lantis with Matthew Offenbacher. Matt, how you doing? I'm here uh, nice, nice. on a video conference again. Right? Yeah. Life of the new. Uh, you actually, you, you, you did a little bit of traveling, though. I mean, you were out, uh, you went out west there for a bit recently, didn't you? I did. Uh, I was out in Midland, and uh, I, I got on a plane for the first time. Okay. I, How was that? I, it was, there's nobody there. I have a friend who had to travel with his kids uh, recently. He's like, it was the most pleasant airport experience I've ever had. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so it's pretty quiet. Uh, my flight was $267 round trip. Um, to Midland? Yeah. Wow. So For anyone um, out there who has not traveled in an airplane to Midland, uh, it may not mean much, but I've spent more on a flight to Midland than I probably want on a flight to London. <laughs> So, oh yeah, they're they're easily double that in in most cases, but uh, yeah. if not triple. But um, it was interesting, you know. It was one of those you you know you wear your mask, no middle seats. Uh, you know, everybody seems to know the drill, right? If you're if you're traveling, you probably tried to read up on on what you you know what's the right protocol. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, I mean, I don't think it's any different than going to the grocery store. I mean, it was a short flight. You know, you know, everybody mm-hmm. was behaving themselves so right um i i would thought about driving but i'm glad i uh <laughs> glad i flew just because i'm not as worn out right um, and you know it obviously had to wear my mask and everything but it was still really good to see people smiling faces out there and i hope to be back again soon there you go and uh and i'm going to ask you uh, uh you know why you were there but even before that I mean, we all have to be quite pleasantly surprised that uh, we've got sports back on TV. And one of yeah. which uh, are the Astros, which I'm sure you've taken, uh, taken a bit of time to watch. And I couldn't help but laugh uh, with the Dodgers and the Astros little fiasco with, uh, I forget his name, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Just real quick elevator high level. What, what happened there? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would be the wrong person because I, I wasn't actually able to see the video. I just heard everybody talking, so I, I still okay. haven't rewatched it. Um, all I know is I never much cared for the Dodgers, and they're even worse than I thought. Uh, <laughs> no, is that, that pitcher's got a reputation. He was with the, with the Red Sox. He's sort of a loose cannon. And, uh, I mean, the irony is he came from the Red Sox, who also faced some sanctions for bad behavior like the Astros. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was just one of those, um, you know, he got in a bunch of trouble. There's a big deal cause he got suspended for eight games, right. but he's a pitcher. So like you can't suspend in a rotation. If you suspend a pitcher for one game, they weren't going to pitch anyways. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's hard to penalize somebody who's only there every, you know, every few nights. Right. Um, anyways, uh, so, you know, 
I, I, I try to get excited about baseball and I'm certainly excited to have it back, but it's like with the Astros pitching, having so many problems and, you know, Justin Verlander's out for the season or oh, maybe not, or, uh, um, you know, those sort of things where it's looking good, then getting lit up. It's just, um, <laughs> it's, it would be more fun if they would just win every game. Right. Hi, wouldn't that be nice? Hey, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, if anyone doesn't follow baseball, then you're probably not really tuning in too hard here. But it was if you get a chance, even just Google or YouTube, uh, Dodgers pitcher and Astros, and it's it's a quite, quite dramatic little scene. But anyway, uh, going back to Matt, why did you end up going to Midland? What, what do you you know you go there quite often, and in uh, one reason specifically. And so I'd like for you to tell everyone what you do out there um, on a regular basis for us. So, uh, I mean, not just me, but, uh, I, I really like it. And, um, so we, we do a lot of customer schools, uh, and we have a training center out in Midland where we have dedicated space. Um, and one of our customers had asked us to train a couple of their people, obviously, you know, if it was a larger group that we normally handle, we wouldn't be doing that right now. So all Mm -hmm. protocols, it was, it was a couple of guys, but, um, uh, what was great about it is just, um, answering questions. I like, I feel like I learn a ton just from hearing what kind of questions they ask, what, what doesn't seem clear to them that maybe I could communicate better, or maybe we as a company could communicate better. Um, but we put on these, these training sessions, uh, you know, pretty regularly either at the request or just offer one up, uh, Mm -hmm. for our customers. Um, and so I was out there, uh, honestly, I'd updated the material and was looking for a trial run and we had a small crew. So that's what we did. Awesome. And, and while I'd like to spend the next 20 minutes talking about how great, uh, our, our mud schools are and how great our facilities are that we do them at, I think it's important to actually define what mud school is. And for the folks out there who have maybe heard the term, but aren't really familiar with it, it sounds funny. I mean, the term mud to me sounds, you know, funny just in itself, but going to a mud school, uh, it's, it's just, you know, I think it's something we take for granted because a lot of us have done it in the mud world. Uh, but it's actually pretty intense. And so I thought it'd be cool to kind of go through it and, and give the listeners a sort of more of a, an understanding of, of what a lot of folks in the drilling fluids industry uh, kind of cut their teeth in, uh, for lack of better terms, uh, with regards to drilling fluids. So uh, I'll start off by basically saying, Matt, what, how would you define mud school for, for folks that aren't aware? So, you know, the mud school that, that mud engineers go through is a, uh, it's a pretty rigorous, I mean, I almost consider it sort of a rite of passage, but it's, it's a rigorous, uh, training. Um, I mean, they call it a school, but it, it really, you know, normally takes uh, depending on where you're going and that sort of thing, five weeks, eight weeks, um, they can be pretty long extended training sessions where all or most of what you do is classroom and laboratory training on drilling fluids with the idea that you could go on a rig and perform a mud check and and maintain a drilling fluid system. Mm. Um, and so you're, you're cramming a lot of information in a fairly short period of time. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those, I think anybody who went to mud school with somebody else, you know, it's almost point of relevance. Like, do you know, so-and-so, Oh yeah, we went to mud school together. Um, you know, and there's, there's still plenty of people out there that, uh, I keep in touch with, or every once in a while, I turn up, and and the reason we talk is because we went to mud school together, you know. Yeah, no, that's exactly, and a lot of the the majors, uh, service companies provide mud schools, and and there's a lot of little independents that do it. Um, 
you know, back in the day when I came from uh, Canada down to the U.S., when AES uh, sort of initially purchased FMI, we did our own. Uh, and, and I was very fortunate to go to the very first one uh, with FMI slash AES. Uh, but Matt, how, what's it like? I mean, you know, for someone who uh, had maybe had never been on a rig or even really know about fluids, I mean, walk us through what the transitions like walking into a mud school and, and kind of drinking from a fire hose. I mean, I think it's. I, I mean, it, I think it's just intense. Um, you know, one of the one of the things is you're getting so much information all at once. And I hadn't been on a rig before when I went to mud school, uh, and Granted, there are people that have, you know, there's a lot of Derek hands and other folks, uh, other people with who worked on a rig who are seeking to grow or move into a new role. Um, and so you're kind of sitting next to people who already totally understand what, you know, tripping is and, uh, you know, even, even learning what a, you know, a drill collar is and heavyweight drill pipe and why you, why you would put that, you know, lower down. And, um, so it's just a lot of information at once, even if you're trying to, you know, to understand. Um, and I think that, you know, that's the deal is you're sitting in class or, or doing lab exercises for, you know, a good eight hours. And, you know, at least at mine, um, you know, we had a test at the end of every week, uh, and sometimes a lab, you know, lab demonstration we had to pass. And so you're trying to learn everything you can drinking from a fire hose, like you said, and then trying to prepare for a test at the end of the week with all this information, you're trying to learn how to process. So, um, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty intense. Even, you know, I, I went right after college too. So I thought, you know, maybe I'd be better honed in academically, but it was, it was just a lot. Right. Uh, so what would you say, uh, the duration is? Cause I know that varies quite a bit. I mean, what it can range from what, like 12 weeks. I mean, wine was five. What, what, yeah. what would you say? I, I mean, so I attended a nine week. Um, okay. and I think there was pressure that was long. Um, and granted, I went, I was with one of the, you know, the major, uh, oil field service companies. And I think the reason it took so long is they were trying to teach you about every mud system you could run anywhere in the world. Oh, um, wow. and my, my class had people from all over the world. There are people from Venezuela and Kazakhstan and Yemen and, um, Romania. And I, I, like I made, I made friends that I actually, you know, would bump into in my travels. Uh, but, um, all, all that being said, it, it, that made it a, even more like drinking from a fire hose, right? Just that there was that much <laughs> yeah. information. And I think they trimmed that back a little bit and tried to make it a little more relevant. Um, but, uh, I, I, so, um, but I've heard, you know, five weeks. Uh, the, the key is, you know, the reason that they can be so long um, is that you basically have to, uh, um, there's certain things that like the API has in their recommended practices on on topics you should cover, which are sort of generally accepted. And so to cover all of those things takes a minimum amount of time. And, uh, you know, that, I think that's probably the driver that why they're, they're at least four weeks. I haven't heard of anything less than that. That would be an accredited mud school. Now, right. of course, like the schools I put on they're two days and I'm exhausted from talking. Uh, <laughs> you know, those are most people, if they've got a day job, don't have time to, you know, sit and be trained for that long. But when you're going to be checking mud on a rig by yourself, uh, obviously that, uh, that requires quite a bit more training. Right. So what would you say? And, and for, I mean, I think the objectives are different from the ones that we put on for customers compared to the ones that companies put on for their own employees. So 
for the ones like we've talked about, like the longer ones where you went to and then that I went to for, for mud engineers coming on board, um, what's the overall objective uh, for the mud school and, and, and what does it do for the folks that eventually move on to going to be a mud engineer on a rig? I mean, what, because obviously there's so much to learn. There's so many different well scenarios. There's so many different drilling fluids. I mean, every area does things so different. Uh, how, how would you describe uh, sort of that aspect of it? I think that's what makes it so difficult is, you know, trying to be everything to everyone. Um, you know, once again, it was like, you know, you spend a week on deep water and it may be something you never see. And, uh, you know, the, it, we've talked about the differences between land and deep water. They're, they're pretty dramatic. And even from a fluids perspective, um, but then you get into, uh, you know, in general, they're going to start with the basics, you know, what is rotary drilling and, uh, you know, what is a bottom hole assembly? So that, so if you don't have any experience, they make sure you, you have some knowledge of that. And then I think one of the, one of the most, I don't say the most, but, but one of the most intense or challenging things for a lot of people is all the math, mm -hmm. um, volumes, annular velocities, even, you know, a mud check by hand doing all the retort calculations. Um, you know, they would, they let us have a, a scientific calculator and nothing more. So, um, you really had to memorize and, and learn the ins and outs of, of how you would do every little calculation, which is good because on the fly on a rig or trying to, you know, trying to calculate pit volumes, that sort of thing, you need that. Um, mm -hmm. as much as you might be able to, especially with a smartphone, pull something up. Um, it's, it's good to have that, you know, that background. Um, but you know, the goal is know how to run a mud check, but also know how to maintain a system. Um, and so what are the troubleshooting? What are the contaminants you might see? But it also means they're going to run you through solids control. They're going to, um, they're, they're going to do a, a lot of those kinds of things. Um, and then, uh, you know, what is an oil-based mud? What is a water-based mud? What is the chemistry? Um, and so it's just a lot of information in what feels like a very short period of time. Right. Well, at least from my experience, again, going back to the one that we did here at AES is it was, it was really trying to make sure you had a broad understanding of all of it versus really becoming an expert in any single one topic. It was, it was just creating, you know, having awareness that like all this subject matter exists and here are the bits and pieces that you really need to know. <laughs> so when you get to a rig, at least you know where to start. Yeah. Uh, and one thing that I give credit to for ours was, was they tried to make it as practical as possible. So it was, you know, a lot of theory. And then the afternoons were literally a lot of times just going through mud reports and identifying, you know, maybe, you know, what's out of spec, how would you approach this and, and sort of that stuff. And then we were uh, fortunate enough to be in Grandview. And at the time the Barnett was, you know, still had some activity. So we got everyone well, once a week, we'd spend a full day out on a rig, you know, shadowing a mud engineer. Uh, they would cycle guys through uh, our buoy warehouse. Um, and at, again, at the time we were still, you know, sending and receiving oil based mud, um, loading trucks, generating tickets, you know, pumping out, uh, you know, just, you know, anything a warehouse would do. I mean, the list goes on, but uh, it, it was really neat. And, and, you know, they would make us, uh, you know, stay overnight at the, at the warehouse. And so, yeah, you got to kind of see full cycle of things going on um, and just how busy it was. And it was really helpful because then you get to a rig and you really have a good understanding of what the warehouse folks go through, um, which kind of leads me into my next uh, topic here is, 
is, is, you know, I'm going to brag a little bit about AES and, and say that I think we do a fantastic job with uh, our training program. Uh, you know, a lot of it's headed up by uh, our engineering department and Chris Campbell and, and Good Blanket and, uh, you know, all the folks out there in West Texas. Uh, it's because we're, you know, a lot of our work is. So we send a lot of guys through there. But now, how would you describe that part of, of what we do here uh, with respect to training and, and just getting that sort of that formal training side of it to prepare our folks for the field? You know, it's something I love um, in, in as much as, uh, you know, Chris could obviously describe this better than anybody else. And I'm sure he'll correct me if I get something wrong. <laughs> He's um, not shy about it. <laughs> as he does regularly with things I say on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the really cool thing about it is um, as much as, you know, sometimes we get asked by customers, you know, how do you train your people? Um, and in some ways it sounds very informal. Now, granted, we have a structured approach to it. but the, the first thing, you know, as far as Chris is concerned is send them to the warehouse. Yeah. Um, and what's, what's important about that is I think I never had that. So the best you could do, um, when I was going to mud school is you could do a ride along. So you could follow right along in the truck with a, you know, a mud engineer doing day checks or something for a day. So you could say you've been on a rig and have some idea of what's going on. And when you finish, you probably, you know, either work nights or you obviously wouldn't be a lead mud engineer just straight out of mud school with no experience. Um, although that came pretty quick. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think the one th there's a number of different reasons that's great. And, you know, one of it is you appreciate an element of the job that, you know, if, if you just went straight out to the rig and it's, why is the warehouse taking so long? What's the deal here? You know, the, kind of getting frustrated into the nameless faceless, you know, kind of, it, people who are working really hard and, and not realizing all the other stuff that there is to the job. Um, you know, you appreciate that more. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is someday, if you are a mud engineer on a rig, you call out to the warehouse and you're talking to your friend now or, or somebody that you've worked alongside, hopefully. Um, and you know, I think that just creates much better collaboration. Um, and I think also it's a good exercise in humility. Um, yeah. you know, I think some folks say, I'm going to be a mud engineer. I'm going to make a lot of money and it's going to be great and everything. And it's like, well, I can't wait till you're king of all the world, but right now you're going to work and you're going to count sacks in a warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and people who would say, you know what, that's, that's great. But I, I'm, you know, I, I don't think that's good enough for me. Um, uh, say, okay, well, if you're not willing to do that, I think, uh, you know, Maybe you're not the right fit for the kind of culture we want at AES, where we, you know, we want people to step up and, and you know, not have anything below them. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, anyways, I just think that's a really cool way to start, seeing how you get along with people, seeing how you perform with, with you know, some basic things and, and move your way up. And, and you know, if, if the folks at the warehouse think you're doing a good job, um, then you'll start getting a chance uh, to look at maybe actually going to a mud school. Right. Um, and uh, you know, there's, there's questions and there's steps along the way. I, I, I won't bore anybody with the details, but you know, you'll, you'll be evaluated as you progress. Um, but you know, going to a mud school, of course, uh, you know, checking up on, on grades and, and, uh, you know, getting your, your certification. And I think the other thing with the mud schools is, uh, I don't know, it's been cool. We go to, we use one up in Tyler, Texas. Uh, it's a third party. And, um, you know, a lot of times for the graduation, Chris himself, uh, and usually James, our vice president, um, will go up there and, and kind of honor those guys and uh, guys or gals and their hard work. 
yeah. uh, you know, take them out to lunch and attend the graduation and that kind of thing. And um, I think that's really cool. Uh, and, you know, eventually now you're, you know, you're qualified and everything. You, you may have been on some ride alongs, that sort of thing, but now you can shadow a mud engineer, you know, and, and continue your work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, guess what? We're still, you know, it sounds like months have passed by and they probably have, and you're still not a mud engineer. <laughs> um, so it, it just takes a long time before everybody's comfortable and ready, uh, depending on how you do then you'll be moved and, and you can check mud and, uh, you know, then you're, you're full on, you're on your own. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's definitely a process. I think that's why so many people talk about mud, mud school and kind of their first year um, and all the people they remember who they worked with and how little they knew and how much they were asked to do. And uh, so that's a big part of it. Yeah, no, it is. And like you said, it's cool because of the personnel that you really, uh, you know, you go through it together. Um, and a lot of times you're away from your family, away from your friends, away from your maybe kids and spouse, if you know, if you're in that position and, uh, you know, just sticking with the same people for that long, you really get to know each other. And yeah, I still, a lot of the folks that I went to mud school with today, I mean, a lot of them we work with, which is obviously a certain, you know, a great pleasure, but there's some that have moved on and done different things. And, you know, it's kind of, uh, anytime I talk or reach out, it's, it, you know, everyone, welcomes each other with open arms is like yeah we we went to mud school together like you said you know it's kind of that rite of passage that you experience with your uh fellow classmates but uh, it, it's it's a cool experience and uh you know unfortunately right now with the you know with this our market conditions aren't really conducive to a lot of you know new people coming into the industry getting to experience that but uh once things turn back around hopefully a lot of folks out there will be able to you know experience that and companies will put those back on and the demand for workforce will increase again so uh, Matt, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, the AES cause uh, the AES customer schools, I think that's something that's very important, uh, especially as an industry is just continuing to educate folks, uh, that, you know, maybe don't get the chance to, to learn about. And obviously because, uh, you know, mud companies, uh, we like to claim ourselves as experts in drilling fluids. I mean, that's why we're in business, uh, to, to, you know, and, and part of that is, is educating the customer. And so Matt, I mean, before you came on board, um, I mean, if we did it, it wasn't nearly as common as it is now. So I, I'm actually curious, you know, what the transition was like for you and how you adopted that and, and where you see the value in that uh, just from a business perspective and, and, you know, helping people drill wells at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, you know, there there's a, a number of things that uh, I appreciate about it. I, I think uh, we were talking earlier and, and um you know, we we put on these schools and, and granted, obviously it's not an eight week thing. It's, it's normally two days or two and a half days. Um, and, and that can be asking a lot for a customer who's got a day job kind of thing. You got to set aside some time. Um, but, uh, the very first one we did was actually up in the Northeast and it was, you know, I was asked to go up there and teach a mud school and granted, I hadn't spent a lot of time in unconventionals, right? Like I, I want to, I was tiptoeing carefully. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, the goal was to, to try and help people feel engaged with, you know, some, you know, mud reports and, um, that sort of thing. And, and when I've taught schools in the past, there were maybe a little like a reservoir drill in fluid school or something a little more specialized. Um, what I observed was that a lot of the customers I interacted with were extremely frustrated or reluctant to attend because they felt like they were just going to be told how great products were. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
to me, uh, I, I mean, I think we have great products. I just think that we're trusted to use our products effectively. Um, and uh, so a lot of it is service and experience, um, on using those products the right way. Um, and so I have always been very passionate about not being overly commercial, uh, you know, in the same way that we do with this podcast, we do with our YouTube channel. Um, you know, the idea is, you know, there's two parts of it. One, if our customers know more, we can have better conversations, right? We can solve bigger problems because we're not going back to the basics to repeat ourselves on, on, you know, well-established industry practices. Right. But, um, you know, the other thing is, uh, I'd like to think, um, at least, you know, I'd, I want to believe that people learn something from listening to this, uh, or, you know, seeing some of the other things where they say, wow, these guys seem to know a lot about a lot of things related with drilling fluids. And, you know, they, they haven't solved my problem yet, but they seem like probably the most qualified to do it. Um, and so, you know, most of the time we're, you know, we're selling solutions. Uh, we don't roll out a new product and say, Hey, go shove this in every hole in the ground you can find, um, (laughs) until someone gets upset and points out you never needed it. We'd like to think that we are talking about problems and then, um, you know, solving them. Right. So, uh, I, I like to approach it that way where we talk, uh, you know, we talk about the fundamentals of the chemistry, you know, what is an invert emulsion? What is, you know, emulsifier, you know, all, like all the basics of what we're, what we're putting through the hopper, um, along with different problems that we encounter, why they're relevant, how we address them, um, even how you design a drilling fluid if you were to make a new one. Um, we have some of those mud report exercises where we put some mud reports in front of folks and, you know, what would you do? What do you see here? Yeah. Um, and, and the big lesson that I want them to walk away with is uh, treating a mud report kind of like a, uh, because we run a bunch of different tests, treating it almost like a doctor trying to diagnose a disease where they might do blood work, they might do an MRI and a CT scan, and they would put all that evidence together to make a conclusion. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't just go look at your plastic viscosity and decide there's a problem with the mud. Um, we would want to know why, how do we right. fix it? Um, yes. And so explaining some of that detective work um, and trying to help them look at the whole report not just look at the one number they're comfortable knowing that, well, if that's wrong, there could be something wrong. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, and, and the other part I'll add, just kind of describing our, our schools is I try and do a lot more hands-on. Um, there's a lot of slides. I won't deny that. But um, what we try and do is get through a little bit of, of information and then go, the, the cool thing about a training center is that you sit at a big table and you walk 10 steps over and there's training stations with basically the same mud kit you'd see on a rig and along with mixers and that sort of thing. So it's like, okay, well, you heard about it now go see it. Um, and have an, an exercise sort of structured around a message and then we can talk about it and go sit down and move on to the next topic. Right. Um, and that's probably the thing people enjoy about, about the, the schools the most, um, is actually the hands-on. But what we generally find is, uh, they all really like the lab exercises. The problem is it takes a whole day to get everybody up to speed. And by the second day, when we're really, you know, tearing through them, the mm-hmm. class ends. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. And I've had uh, several of my customers attend and the feedback's always been great. And, and one thing that that's even kind of unique or maybe it's not, but uh, we offer it to, to anyone. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, if there's a you know, customer out there that 
uh, is drilling in a different area and, and, you know, they maybe want an unbiased education piece to, uh, you know, what, what drilling fluids is all about. I mean, we've held them for people that we don't do work for. And so I think that again, is a testament of who we are and, and our willingness to educate the industry, um, is, is certainly a, a top priority for us. And, and especially, you know, for you and your team and all the work that you guys have done to put out, uh, you know, all the technical content that you guys do, it's, it's just, it's neat to see. And, um, you know, cause I think for a long time, oil and gas, we've held things so close to our chest and we don't want to, uh, share information that we know, uh, because we're scared of losing the competitive advantage, um, or someone else can take the idea. But, uh, you know, in the age we're in now with information technology, you can basically find anything. And a lot of it is, you know, how credible is it? And, you know, really looking at where a lot of the information is coming from to make sure that it, that it's, it's valid. And so uh, I feel like for drilling fluids, uh, you know, we can pride ourselves on being a platform, a trusted platform, uh, for learning drilling fluids. And, and I think that's just, uh, it, it's cool to see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm proud to, to say it. And, um, again, it's, you know, the feedback is always great for the stuff that we put out. And so again, this isn't to showboat, but I think it's important to highlight, uh, just cause there's not a lot of, I mean, where can you go online and, and find cool videos to learn about different mud checks? I mean, there's not very many places. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and, and I mean, I, I enjoy, you know, all the, all the different forms, you know, sometimes it just makes life easier. Like, Hey, watch this video. Um, but the other part too, that, um, as much as we could put out on the internet that I love is customer schools are in person. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, the face-to-face element, um, especially when I've gotten to know a customer and then maybe there's a question or a problem, uh, and now it's not customer X needs your support. It's, oh, sure. You know, John, good to see you again, you know, and, and, um, have that you know, that name and that face and they know, they know where I'm coming from. Cause they've, they've, you know, been able to get questions answered already in the past. Um, those types of, those types of things have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just learned so much. I learned so much about, you know, the questions people ask, what their attention is drawn to, what their priorities are. Yes. Um, and so I think it helps us run a better business to have them too. It, um, yes. For sure. No, it's, and one thing too, is I'll note is I've had uh, folks that have attended it that, you know, maybe had a hinging sort of something that was bugging them on their rig and uh, went through mud school and talked about it and were able to make decisions and adjustments on the fly. And I mean, you know, again, it's, 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 uh, it's just from that perspective, it's pretty cool. That's right. We had that one that was one, you know, what, five or six people from the same customer Mm -hmm. and they, they were the only ones in the class. And so it was one of those where they would, you know, they were like writing stuff down about, Hey, we should, let's revisit that. Can we be doing that differently? Um, and it was just a cool kind of, uh, facilitated conversation, although they were doing most of the talking, um, to say, Hey, this is something, you know, you, you brought up something that we need to look into deeper. Um, and thank you. We're going to like take that with us. Um, and so there was just a, it it was a good little collaboration session, um, And to be a, you know, to be a fly on the wall and, and hear them talk and understand once again, what they're wrestling with or, or trying to get better at. It's like, okay, well now I know how I can help you a little bit better too. Yeah. Um, so I learned a ton. I mean, I'll, I'll say like, personally, they're exhausting for whatever reason. I, whenever I stay in Midland, I do not sleep well. I get between five and six hours of sleep. 
then I'm standing and talking all day for two days in a row. Um, and so thankfully I have a lot more help now. Ricky's been teaching some, we hope to get Andrew in the loop. Yeah. Um, and, and we can mix it up and, and, uh, maybe it, it, it saves us a little bit of ex- any one of us complete exhaustion, but, uh, I went to bed tired last night. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, it's, it's tough and there's a lot of work to put in, but, uh, at the end of the day, it's all worth it. Yeah. Isn't it? They're, they're great. I really enjoy them. I, I wish we could get more folks to be able to make some time to attend. Right. Well, if anyone, I mean, obviously that's the, the invite is there. If anyone out there, uh, that's, you know, from an operator side of things, it's drilling wells. I mean, it's something we, something we offer and we certainly enjoy doing it. Uh, Matt, you know, that's about it. We could have easily dove into several things with regards to mud school, but, uh, I think just we, we covered the highlights and, and hopefully gave people a better understanding of, of what mud school really means. Um, other than that, do you have any closing last words before we head out? I'd just be interested. Look, I mean, we know there's a lot of mud engineers who listen to this. If they've got some great stories, which we know you do, we yeah. don't have to put, record them. You are more than welcome to share them. And at least we can all kind of laugh together. So yeah. um, <laughs> if anybody listening hears that, uh, I'd love to hear any, any good stories you've got. Yeah, any good mud school stories, send them to uh, the Flowline podcast at aesfluids.com or you can simply hit us up on LinkedIn. Uh, for everyone out there, appreciate the support. If you could, uh, if you haven't yet, subscribe and leave a review. That really helps us engage and, and see where we're at on things. And any feedback, good or bad, is always welcome and appreciated. That being said, take care, everyone, and be safe out there. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of the Flowline. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.